What is up, Festival Tales fam? Thank you for tuning in this week's episode of the podcast. Um, Aid is not going to be with us on this week of the podcast. She is taking a little bit of a break. Her voice was hurting, and we want her back next week for more episodes. Um, before we do get started, a few things from me. Um, if you please can like, subscribe to the podcast, we greatly appreciate that. In other news, we have reels and TikToks going um, on our Instagram and TikTok for you guys to watch if you want short clips, as well as we have videos on YouTube. So go check them all out there. And if you really want to watch the podcast, you can also watch it on Spotify if you have the app. That would be awesome. And that's all I got for us. So we do have a special guest today. Um, instead of aid, Jess is dropping in for us for this episode. Jess, what's up? What's up? Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on. Um, let's dive into it. So you are, let's start with your journey. Let's give your background information a little bit here. So let's go with that. What, what is your background? There's a reason we're having you on, of course, but <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. So, yeah. So I've been a raver for like 10 years. Uh, actually I hit a decade in October, which is insane. Mm -hmm. Um, and I used to work with people who use drugs. I used to do addiction research. Um, so I'm, I'm really passionate about, about both things. And I, saw this need in the community when uh, around the time, like when I first started get, getting started at raves, like people, it seemed like someone was dying from like a drug related that, uh, issue at like every single festival that I was going to. And I was like, this is a huge problem. Um, and then I found out about uh, the organization Dan Safe and they're a 501c3 nonprofit who provides harm reduction services and peer-to-peer -peer drug education at music festivals. So I got involved with them. I've been with them for like seven years. And then I've been a chapter officer for six years. I think I've got those numbers right, I'm not sure. Uh, but it's been a while. Um, so that's, that's where a lot of my experience comes from. I love volunteering at festivals. I've done, you know, besides the work that I do with Dance Safe, uh, with like drug education and like drug checking. I have also worked at a few different festivals doing like health and safety related things. Nice. Um, I've, I just got my, not just, it was like in 2020, but I got my master's in public health and I, because I wanted to continue Congrats. doing this and uh, like, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's I, awesome. like, I really, I want this to be my career. I'm like so passionate about it. And in also in 2020, I started my TikTok kind of accidentally. Um, I just, I saw what an amazing platform it was for educating people. And I wasn't, I wasn't doing, providing services anymore at music events because the world had shut down. So music events weren't happening, right. but I wanted to keep giving back to the community uh, and I saw this opportunity on TikTok and I posted a few TikToks and one of them ended up blowing up. And I guess two years later, here I am, I'm about to hit a hundred thousand followers. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's a big goal. So what was it, what was like the deciding factor that got you into where you were like, okay, now I want, obviously you said you have your background and whatnot, but like, what was it that you were like, I want to start doing this? Like, what was there an event? Was there something that occurred where you were like, on that day, you were like the next day I'm starting this. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was like the next day, but I think like the <laughs> biggest, <laughs> the <laughs> biggest catalyst or like the event that like stands out the most in my mind. Um, so at electric zoo in, I want to say it was like 2012, uh, 
No, maybe 2013. There, I, I went on that Friday. I, I've never been to all three days of Electric Zoo. I always would do like just one day, but I went that Friday. And then uh, on the Sunday ended up getting canceled because two people had died on Saturday. Oh and I just remember like waking up and hearing that news. And I knew people who were still going to that event. And that was, that was a huge, that was like very newsworthy. Like there were a lot of like news outlets reporting on it um, because, you know, two people dying at an event and then having it get canceled because of that is a huge deal. So that was the event that like really stuck out in my mind. Um, and yeah, I guess that sort of like led me on a journey to wanting to combine my, my skills as a person who works with people who use drugs who uses drugs and someone who's very passionate about the rave community and um and yeah it all went from there yeah and it's obvious that it is a part of the rave community it's uh, there's i mean i know we i think we all know people that go and we they do their their party favors or uh party enhancements as some call them um but so what would what would a, as a festival standpoint what in your opinion can they do to prevent that situation from occurring what are what are things that they can do you know right before the festival that would be better than what they are doing now um how would you fix that situation you know if you were given a magic wand type of that that is a loaded question there are so many things that i would fix (laughs) unfortunately i think there's you know there's laws and there's regulations that prevent harm reduction services from fully being able to be there. So a lot of festivals do not permit drug checking booths at the festival. Um, And that's because of the Rave Act, not gonna get into it, but basically it says that um, uh, promoters can be held responsible for knowing that drug use was happening at their event. And the, the law is so vague that a lot of event producers think that drug checking or, and even like drug education and free water fall under that law and they can be held liable for like anything that happens. Um, So I guess if I had a magic wand, I would get rid of the Rave Act. That would hopefully, (laughs) uh, you know, get rid of a lot of the problems that we have with like not allowing harm reduction to be at events. Um, Another huge thing that I would do Plentiful free water. I, you know, one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest like issues that were, were, were emergencies that people have at festivals is like heat stroke. Yeah. And the best, you know, one of the best ways to prevent that is having accessible water. Like I, I can't tell you how many festivals I've been to where there, you know, there's, there might be a few water stations, but the line to get water is an hour long and you know everyone's like clumped together which you know if people are dehydrated and then they're clumped together they're getting even more hot like that's just a recipe for disaster so i would make sure that there is plenty of running water free running water um charging no more than like two dollars for a water bottle i think it's ridiculous that some festivals are charging like five six dollars for a water bottle you know, there's obviously, there obviously is some costs. They have to buy the water, they have to transport it, all that stuff. But I, and I I have never seen a festival budget. I just can't imagine that 
it would be more than $2 per bottle, maybe even less than that. So I think those are like the main things that I would change if I had a magic wand. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that great things to change. You brought up the fact of heat stroke. And I'm just kind of curious, what is kind of like the number one cause that people would need to seek the medical tent and stuff like that? Is it from heat stroke from taking, you know, like MPMA or something, or is it just in general, the fact that it's out there and it's hot and you're dancing with a bunch of other people right around you? Yeah. I mean, it can be a combination of all of those factors. Uh, I, you, you know, you can be totally sober and get heat stroke. If you're people at festivals, they're, they're dancing they're you know, that's exercise. A lot of festivals are in the summer. It gets really hot. Like I said, sometimes water isn't as accessible. So yeah, you could be totally sober and still have heat stroke. However, uh, taking drugs in general, I think can exacerbate the effects of heat stroke, um, particularly MDMA. Uh, I am not a neuroscientist and I always struggle to explain how exactly it works, but um, basically MDMA can exacerbate the risk of heat stroke. Um, has something to do with like hydration and water retention. And then also just in general with taking drugs, you're, you are more likely to forget to hydrate and you might also be more likely to be like dancing harder. So, um, in general, taking drugs can exacerbate that risk. Yeah. MDMA is an interesting one because I was always told that it messes with like your body's way of like its own temperature in a sense. And yeah, like thermoregulation, something right. Sometimes you get super hot. That's why sometimes you get not, you don't really get cold, but you kind of are, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then they were mentioning, yeah, well, then with that, with drinking water, like, because your body's thrown off, like, th- what is it again? Thermo, you said? Thermoregulation. Because of the thermoregulation, you also don't know when, like, this is what I was told. And I'm just, again, I don't mm-hmm. actually know. No, you, I, I, you sound, like, spot on so far. So, oh, okay. yeah. Whew. And then I was also told, like, because of that, you don't know when you like have to go to the bathroom, when you should drink water and all that. So like some people now I've heard this too, like you could drink too much water from, mm-hmm. and then not know. And then that could also be a bad thing. So it's like, that's why it's important as like the rave dad or the rave mom of the group, which I usually am the rave dad. I'm like, all right, did everybody <laughs> like, it's such a weird thing to do, but like, did you all go to the bathroom? Like, cause yep. if you haven't in like three or four hours, you really need to, and they need to not yeah. drink more water at that point. And then if, obviously after that, I drink more water, but but yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. That's what I've always been told that it messes with that. In Oh my gosh, one more time. Thermoregulation. Thermoregulation <laughs> to where you don't. Yeah, that's why like you could drink too much water. You could drink too little. Yep. You could, you could have issues when you don't, you know, you don't go to the bathroom for five, six, seven hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, MDMA is a weird one, but I would say, I mean, is it the most popular party favor in that sense? I feel like that was one that should be a lot of knowledge about like, because I feel like most people that's the one they think of when raves. Yeah, I don't have any I'm not sure I'm not sure but I I would say it's definitely up there. Um another one I would probably say that's up there is like coke. Um oh. and <laughs> the only reason I think that that might be more popular is I think people you know think that they can take it more often um and not have you know there there's the, the three month rule with MDMA where like you shouldn't take it more than every three months because it can cause, it can, there can be neurotoxicity, 
Um, and you can also like lose the magic. So if you, if you keep taking it, um, you might not feel the effects of it yeah. after, pro, you know, prolonged use. Um, with Coke, you know, I, you, I'm not encouraging you to do it every night, but like, you're not going to have that same uh, effect with like repeated use. Um, and, you know, it, it, there definitely is like a, uh, come down a re- return, a lesser return if you're taking it that long, but it's, it's not the same as with MDMA. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it does. It does. Yeah. It's there's, I mean, there's people that probably do it every weekend and then they, yeah, but mm-hmm. eventually the diminishing returns, it always catches up. Diminishing returns. Way. That's yeah. the word I was looking yeah. for. Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. I still can't say the thermo. I still can't say that. So we're, we're helping each other out there, but um, yeah, it's um, either way. I feel like those diminishing returns eventually with any substance, mm-hmm. and, and this is my opinion, it eventually catches up to you. It's just, oh yeah, it's a matter of time if you're doing it so often that there's going to be a point where it is no longer a good time. Mm-hmm. I, you know, however good it can be, because um, yeah, I've, I mean, I, I know for me personally, I've had friends go really off the rails with MDMA and stuff, um, and and it's something that for me, it's a very big subject where I want people to yes have your fun but it's very important that they know the consequences of doing it too much and don't mm-hmm. do it too much because I have had friends that spiraled out of control and it is not a pretty sight to see I mean I don't know if you've witnessed that or have had people in your life but I mean I have I had a buddy that um and he is better now I will say that and thank goodness we we actually all sat down with him we're like you gotta cut this out because this is just not doing you justice like you're you're all over the place you can't finish sentences you can't keep a conversation he was like we would be talking about something he would just blurt something out thinking he was part of it then not like just all sorts of things that mess with his brain it took him a while to wane off of it and be done and um i will say he's better but yeah it's it is scary if it gets to that level i will be honest so yeah and people say that you can't get addicted to mdma in reality, you can get addicted to anything. Um, you know, it, it might not be a physiological addiction yeah. or dependence, but um, you know, you can be psychologically dependent. But I'm glad that your friend is better now. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's definitely was a little like oh goodness, like it was just a very eye opening in a way. Not that I'd want anyone to go through that, but it, like in a in a sense of when you don't know that that's possible. And then you see that happen to somebody, you're like, oh, this is, this is a little more than like I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, MDMA is also interesting to me because there's been a lot of stuff coming out with like therapeutics and, and whatnot. Do you have any information on that? Any light to that? Just out of curiosity. Not yes, really I do. To, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I probably can't tell you like the full picture, but I can definitely like give you the gist of what's happening. I think it's so interesting. So Basically, an organization called the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, um, they started studying the use of MDMA for treatment-resistant PTSD, um, and they're now on like the phase three trial, uh, which is like, you know, they're getting close to the end now, 
And they're finding that it's extremely effective in combination with uh, psychotherapy. So it's MDMA assist, it's called MDMA assisted psychotherapy. Um, so this don't just, you know, if you have PTSD, don't just go taking like street MDMA and like think that, that it's going right. to, yeah, it's like ghost out. You're in a room with someone I'm assuming exactly. and stuff like that. Yeah. You're getting, it's a hundred percent, or I think it's like 99.98% pure MDMA. Uh, you can never, you really can't guarantee that you're getting that anywhere. On the street. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're, you're with a trained therapist. Um, and then you're doing multiple sessions. I think over the course of like, I want to say like five weeks, um, that might be not be right. It might be that they, they do one session and then they wait five weeks and then they do another one. So don't quote me on that. But yeah, so they're finding that it's extremely, extremely effective. Um, you know, people who have had treatment resistant and uh, treatment resistant PTSD are like, you know, not needing any sort of like other medication after this. Um, and I, the FDA designated this uh, MDMA assisted psychotherapy as like a breakthrough. Uh, a breakthrough designation, which means that it's like insanely effective, basically. Um, so I'm really excited to see what comes of all of this. There's there's other trials happening with with different kinds of psychedelics. So it's all very exciting. I am very curious to see what's going to come of it because I'm just very pessimistic that like the pharmaceutical company are going to want to invest in something that is that effective and you only need to take a few times in order for like your treatment to basically be over with. Right. Um, I think a lot, you know, the pharmaceutical companies tend to want to invest in drugs that you have to take every single day because that's what's most profitable. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that after, um, you know, the FDA after they're done with like their research studies, basically. Yeah, that would be, yeah, I hope the, you could hope, yeah, you'd hope the uh, pharmaceutical companies don't get too involved. It's almost better to have them not involved because it seems as though like people that are more passionate about those specific drugs that for the beneficial uses, of course, that mm -hmm. you'd rather have them in those positions because they're actually like, wanting to do really good with it they're wanting to promote mm. safe use and then and, and it's for helping people so yeah I, I, I wouldn't want that either um i'm curious on the like what let's start with this like what tips and tricks do you have for the listeners and festival goers like with 2022 festival season coming up what would some of the top things you suggest well, anybody that knows me knows what I'm about to say next, which is test your drugs. <laughs> yes, that is a guess. Yeah. A big um, given. Sorry. I should... <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, you know, if you need a test kit, you can get one from DanSafe. Uh, they've got really detailed instructions. I also have instructions on my TikTok page. Um, and uh, something that a bunch of people asked me about actually was like traveling with a test kit um, because obviously a lot of people uh, fly to different festivals and they want to be safe when they get there. So um, 
people have been asking me like, can you bring a test kit on an airplane? And the technical answer to that is no, because they are technically uh, still considered drug paraphernalia in most state, the majority of states. Um, they're also made of like corrosive material. So you can't bring that on an airplane, unfortunately. Um, but what I always tell people uh, to do, there's a few different things that you can do if you like need to get a test kit once you get there. Uh, look up if the state is, if, if test kits are legal in that state, and then you can find out like if there's any like retail stores that carry them. Check if Dance Safe is going to be at the event or if they're, if they have a local chapter and then you could buy one there. Um, and it might seem like kind of uh, like a huge cost to just like buy a test kit that you're only going to use once because you can't fly back with it. But I always tell people to like split it with your friends because if you're doing substances, you probably are doing them with your friends. So, you know, you can split it with everyone and then, um, you know, that brings down the cost substantially. Um, and then the other thing that I tell people, now I forget, like the I had like a fourth point about what people can do with the test kit or how to get a test kit and it's gone. That's okay. <laughs> Use those, the three points that I gave. Um, yeah, so th that, that's been like a big topic that, that a lot of people message me about. Do you recommend, I saw you've got a, a variety of Tescas linked um, in your bio and stuff. Do you mm -hmm. recommend a specific one? Obviously I saw there's some for specific i see here's a great question because i had this question so there was a couple that were like for specific drugs mdma a coke acid they all were specifically for those drugs if you bought the mdma one is it it was specifically only for mdma you couldn't test for other things but it tests for stuff like bath salts i think it was or something like that i, I yeah didn't that yes. right um, yeah so so with the mdma test kit you're the any reagent will react to like pretty much any drug. You're going to get either a reaction, which is a color change or no reaction. So mm -hmm. um, I, the either one you get, that's, that's still a reaction. That's still like a way to uh, potentially like narrow down the list of substances that you have. So even if you're getting the MDMA test kit, you can still technically test like Coke. Um, it's just not going to be, you're not going to have like enough information from those tests to be able to be like, okay, this might be Coke. There might be some adulterants in my Coke. So that's why there's like different test kits. And if you'll, if you look at the test kits that you can buy, there is like overlap in the, in the kits that come in each in, or each uh, bottle that comes in each kit. So um, basically when you order like a, a substance specific kit, you're, you're ordering the reagents that are going to be able to best identify the sub the substance that it's for. So with an MDMA test kit, you're going to first use uh, Marquise which can, uh, which is going to turn like black if it's MDMA, but then you need to know, but uh, 
Marquise also turns black for like MDA and 5-APB. So if you want to know that it's MDMA and not MDA or 5-APB, um, you're going to next use Simon. And Simon is able to distinguish between um, MDA and MDMA. So then if you're like, if, if it turns, if there's like no reaction with Simon, then um, it could be MDA. It's not, it's not going to be MDMA because MDMA would have turned blue. So then to narrow down even further, you're going to use FRODE which can distinguish between MDA and 5-APB. And I've actually had a test come back before. I actually, I had like no idea what 5-APB was. And this was before um, Frode was like in the standard kit mm-hmm. or, or in like the, and we used to sell, Dancy used to sell like a four panel kit. And it was basically for, for testing MDMA, but like a few of the reagents were kind of redundant. So now there's a, there's a new f- five panel kit. Um, so this was pre five panel. Um, and I happened to have Frode and I tested it and it ended up being five APB. And like, we never would have known that if I hadn't had Frode with me at that time. Interesting. I'm not even familiar with what five, eight, five, Oh my gosh, five ATB is what five is A five. It's either five APB or it could be six APB, and um, it's it's still a role. Um, it's it's more it's more of a psychedelic. Role. Interesting. So it's not going to have any. Will it have any different side effects than MDMA, or is it similar? Just that, like how it re- that I don't know. I mean, that really. I, I guess it depends on. I guess if you know if it's a serotonin releaser i'm not exactly sure of like the neurochemistry behind it but i will say that it it's important to use frode and frode is in the mdma test kit because if you take an mdma size dose of 5-apb you're probably gonna like you know it's probably gonna be a, a bit too much Um, you might be kind of floored. So it's, you need to dose it lower than MDMA. So that's why it's important to know. Cause then like, you know, this person whose substances I was test or who's like five APV, I ended up testing. Um, I had to like, look it up and I was like, you might want to actually kind of you know, get some of the substance out of this cat. Cause they had it in like a capsule. So I was like, you should probably like you might want to empty some of that out because with this much, you it that's that's a pretty high dose. Right, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And then um, just to touch on it too, MDA. I'm familiar with it. I always forget though what the difference is between the two. Obviously, chemically they are very different, but mm-hmm. um, I always forget the side effects of what happens because there's also MDE if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, just something else in its own nature too i think so um i'm not i don't know i don't know anything about mde but i will say that mda is pretty similar to mdma and if you if you're not like you know in you know if you're not like a uh user you might not even be able to like tell the difference between mdma and mda if you didn't test it um 
MDA is a little bit more psychedelic because it, it binds with um, the five, I'm going to butcher this, 5-HT receptors in your brain. Mm, I, I don't know if that's right. But basically it binds with like the same receptors that like psilocybin would bind with. Oh, so um, that's why it's like a little bit more psychedelic. And then MDMA is a little bit more like lovey euphoric but it's they're still very similar and they've got like a very similar um you know duration uh similar like side effects um you know you'd you'd probably you would want to apply like the same harm reduction practices if you're using either of them so very similar but there are like some uh some small differences gotcha so tip number one test your stuff for sure mm-hmm. um tip number is there any other tips that you could give for, for instance you mentioned the well i'll let you answer I'll, i'm sorry i don't want to get ahead of myself here so no, okay. any other tips that you would have that you could give to festival goers coming up this season uh hydration super important um i already talked about it a little bit but something i didn't mention was uh and that you had sort of started touching on was um, that you can overhydrate. So you'll, you want to like sort of keep track of how much water you're intaking, you know, sip, don't chug. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good rule of thumb. And I think it's like two to three ish water bottles per hour is good. If you're like, like in a hot environment and you're, you're sweating and like dancing a lot. Um, and also, so to prevent overhydration, um, you can also use electrolytes because basically what happens with overhydration, which is also called hyponatremia, is that you drink so much water and there's a certain level, there's a certain level of uh, salt that you need in your body. And you're basically like oversaturating your body with water and you're depleting your sodium levels. Um, so to balance out the sodium water levels, you need, that's what electrolytes are. So if you ever see like, like Gatorade and yeah, uh, IV, all those liquid IV. Yep. All of those things are really good. Very Um, interesting. Sorry. I did not mean to cut you off, but that's so interesting because I remember somebody, this was like when I first started and it was like the third rave or something. And someone was like, Oh, you need to eat a snack and eat something beforehand. And I was like, Oh, we're we're at a gas station already. And I was like, Oh, they're like, we'll get pretzels. Sodium is good for you. And I, and I, then I, I, they kind of went into that, but you just like unlock that core memory of them being like, yeah, eat pretzels before cause you'll get sodium yep for the rave so i don't know i just this made me laugh when you said that i was like oh my god it makes sense why they told me to get pretzels with salt and everything but interesting yeah exactly Very- actually i so you know the i think it, it might have been on like a liquid iv tiktok or something but someone commented on it and was like i would never use this there is look at the sodium it's so high you really need to like be careful about sodium and it's like that you clearly like I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge because you know education is key, but you 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 don't know you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, <laughs> like so that's, that's the whole that's the whole point of the product is for there to be a lot of sodium. <laughs> that is funny because you people associate isn't sodium and salt is I mean they're a little different, but sodium is in salt, and um, 
is there because i've thought that too i remember thinking that because like one of the places i love to go to eat i, I love chick-fil-a i'll be honest i just they got a good all right i like the food the fries fries are good okay but they, but they have like them their chicken <laughs> is super high in sodium and there was like yeah. a brief period where i was like this is not good but blah 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 so why is it why do we think like what is it that we think sodium is bad for us when it's probably the actual just salt like you shouldn't be having mountains of table salt <laughs> yeah day. i mean and it, it depends on the context so like if you are drinking a lot of water you need to balance that out by consuming some electrolytes which um you know so it's sodium i think magnesium potassium those are all electrolytes but um sodium is really the one that um can cause uh, sodium depletion can cause a lot of issues the other ones um, are usually like added into those supplements because um, they're they're good for you. And I, I don't know like exactly why, but I, you know, they're good for you. But the sodium is like really the key there. Um, so yeah, but it, it, it depends on the context. If you're just eating mounds of Salt sodium, <laughs> then that's, you know, that's not going to be good for you. It's all relative. <laughs> no, it makes a lot of sense. I'll never forget that now though. That's crazy. So like, that's why Gatorade is great when you're trying to rehydrate because it's got mm -hmm. salt and sodium in it and electrics. All right, my God, it's making all, yeah. it's all starting to make sense now why we live in this world. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um okay. So any other, I'm going to pivot here and it is still tips, but what are some pre-rave let's hit the pre-rave then we'll go post-rave so what are some pre-rave tips for people attending festivals that they should do let's say reasonable time frame let's go the week leading up um so make sure that you're getting enough sleep that's that's huge um also like getting enough sleep at the festival but you can you know not everyone wants to do that. It's understandable. Festivals sometimes go till like sunrise and who wants to miss out on that? I get it. So just, you know, prepare ahead of time um, and get a lot of sleep leading up to the festival. Um, a lot of people, if when they're taking MDMA and, you know, they have the, the Monday blues or whatever they call it, um, it a come down a lot of that has to do with sleep deprivation and you're not going to like completely get rid of that by, you know, sleeping a lot during the week before the festival, but you can sort of alleviate it a little bit. Um, so I think that's probably my number one tip. Um, I also recommend, uh, that people like stretch, maybe like take some yoga classes because it, you know, going to festivals can be really, really hard on your body and you want to be able to like stay loose and make sure that you're not, you know, prevent any injuries. And the best way to do that is, um, with exercise, movement, stretching, um, anything like that. Um, and then not to beat a dead horse, but <laughs> hydrating before the festival is also really, really important. So make sure that you're at least getting like the eight cups of water in every day. Um, I have this huge cup that I fill up three times a day to make sure that I'm getting Wait till you see this one. You <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm doing a 64 ounce bottle right now. Yes. Crazy. Yeah, that's even better because then you don't have to like get up every Every, you still have to uh, get up, not to, not to refill the water. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then another big thing is like checking the weather. Like people don't often, especially if it's like a camping festival, but also if you're going to like a city festival, because um, that can help you prepare like what you're going to wear. Um, it, you know, obviously if, if the festival, if it's going to be really, really hot, you'll want to wear like loose fitting clothes. Um, and, um, you might want to wear less clothes. If it's going to be cold, you'll want to make sure to pack to, to bundle up. Um, so that I think, I feel like that's something that a lot of people like forget or don't really like consider as part of like health and safety. But I, I really think that it is because it can, like we've been talking about like what you're wearing can definitely like yeah. exacerbate uh, any kind of like he like heat stroke or even like hypothermia. So that's really important too. So five tips where we would go sleep, mm -hmm. water or hydrate. Um, oh my gosh. Weather. Yep. Test your, test your stuff. Yep. And then I'm going to say, I'm going to add one myself. I think eating, I think you should eat. I think yeah. you eat like a good, I always yep. like to get a big meal before the festival, like something just like load up on, because just sometimes you do not intentionally, but it just happens where you don't eat for some reason, mm -hmm. or you don't like, you don't get enough as you normally would. Like I've definitely, now I try to make myself eat for sure two to three meals a day. Cause it's just mm -hmm. like, I look back and I'm like, why did I ever do that? But yeah, I'm going to say a fifth one, eating something big that first day that could help you for the whole weekend. If you get the right amount of nutrients and stuff that you're loaded up on. Um, yeah. I'm going to say that one. So. That's, that's a great one. Um, and yeah, I definitely left that one out. Um, but yeah, I mean, eating can definitely like make or break how your, your energy, you need it for energy and, the whole and like, weekend. yeah, yeah. Like you need energy to get through the weekend. So, um, I agree. Like I always force myself to eat. And sometimes even like, if I'm not hungry at, I, I've had situations where like, I have really not been hungry. And like a lot of times like heat affects me, like heat just makes mm -hmm. me not want to eat for some reason. Yeah. Um, and, but my energy is getting so low and my friends are just like, just shove something in your face, like just do it. And then I feel so much better afterwards. Like it's like, oh, it just so much better. So 100%. if you're, yeah, if your energy's dropping, eat something you you know a lot of people will obviously like turn to substances because of that but like your body needs food and water yeah that's all it needs <laughs> anything if you're feeling that low not again not really wanting to say but like if you need to eat it might help your your, your substances you don't have to you know you don't have to re keep re-upping and hoping you get somewhere yeah and get fatally into the medical tent but like you could eat and feel much better and then mm -hmm. sure I'm sure you'll have a better night after that your body is just like give me energy I can't this isn't enough energy yeah. <laughs> um let's go post rave now what are some po everyone wants to know this one this is the big one what are some post rave festival tips let's fire off let's give me five of them and then we'll dive into them so five post rave festival tips go I hate to say but it's gonna be a lot of the same <laughs> all right give them let's I'll you. talk about I'll, I'll try to like yeah, I'll gloss over hydrate, sleep, obviously, uh, take a shower, take a long, hot shower. <laughs> like that, I, I getting the post-festival shower is, or bath or something is always, they're always best. <laughs> There's it's, no doubt about it. <laughs> it's the best. I'm like a very short showering person, but like 
after getting home from a festival, I'll take like an hour long hot shower and it's the best. Um, also like if you're, if you're at like a camping festival, you're probably like inhaling dirt all day. Cause like a lot of times they're like on like dirt fields. So like a hot shower will also kind of like loosen everything up in, in your nose. And, um, that's always really good. Um, another thing, so I would say that this is a post-festival thing to do, but I would say prepare for it pre-festival is to get a massage. Mm. Um, the post-festival massage is amazing, but you know, obviously like you'll want to schedule that before you leave. Um, so, and like, as we've been talking about your, at, when you're at a festival, you're like doing a lot of exercise. So you'll want to make sure to sort of like loosen your body up when you get home. Um, let's see. Uh, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. Get some supplements in you. That's what supplement. I supplement. Yep. Supplement. I, I do. I mean, I do that during pre mm -hmm. during and after I like, I'll wake up and get either so like a camping festivals, I'll do a liquid IV in the morning and an mm -hmm. emergency and then a, like a multivitamin. And I like yep. just get all the, I cover all the bases. I don't want to get mm -hmm. sick. I want to be hydrated and I want to, I want all my nutrients, like all yep. the right there. Yeah. That's a big thing. And that's a coffee for, and a, oh, at least for uh, me. <laughs> no, definitely. Definitely. Like when I'm at, I don't do it at a camping fest much, but like city festivals when we're somewhere, I'm like coffee in the morning. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Yep. I do this. This is not a thing. So we're okay. So recap five quick things. What? Oh my gosh. Five post-rape things to do. Sleep, shower, hydrate, massage if you can, nutrients, vitamins. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I think and that's, unpack. And un uh, yeah, that's a hard one to do. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's sitting in the car still to this day. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll, I'll add one to the, to the, the pre-festival, which is uh, clean, clean your house. So you come home to a clean house afterwards. Oh my gosh. That is such an important thing that I don't, I know that's just because we're like getting older and we're adults. I do that now for anything. Like I go anything. away for a day. Yep. I'm like, I want to get home. I don't want to see the dishes the way they were. I don't want to see yep. the trash and full. I'm like, oh, I just want to get home, get in my bed. Mm -hmm. That's so funny you say that. I think that's just like, as I've gotten older, I'm like, yeah, I want to come back to a clean house. Yeah. So it makes it that much easier for yourself. We don't have like a pile of dishes in the sink. You don't have to take out the yeah. trash. No, hundred percent. What mm -hmm. is one thing that you do post rave? Maybe not everyone can do, but something or they can do, but something that you do is like a tradition. If you have one curious. Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, okay. I, it's not a tradition, but I, I would make it one if okay. I lived out in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm going to preface it by saying I don't do this every festival because I'm not able to, but I would if I could. Um, after the last time I went out to the gorge, um, me and my fiance drove straight to a hot spring spa afterwards that was like two hours away. Um, and we just like soaked in the hot spring. We like just, we like took a nap outside. It was it was the best post-festival thing I have ever done. So if I was out That's in the Pacific awesome. Northwest and like going to festivals there all the time, that would be my tradition. Okay, gotcha. Is there yeah. a food or anything that you go get afterwards? So you're like, 
you're on the you're on east coast and you're like i wake up you wake up the next day it's monday and you're like i'm going to get me a, i'm getting a nice bagel with cream i don't know what it is what is it that, that's oh, it that was that it okay <laughs> That's funny. Bacon, egg, and cheese, or uh, cream cheese and locks. Yeah, I think I think that's also a super important thing is to get something that like lifts your spirits, like something <laughs> you normally maybe you don't always get, but you're like, I need it this post rave because even we whether you've done something or not, you're beat after the three days. I, you mm-hmm. just are. But even if you've done something, you're really beat, and then you get something small to lift your spirits, and you're like. I can do this is a great day. And then you just keep on trucking. Yeah. 100%. I, I've said it on here before. Mine is a smoothie. I yeah. go get a trop. I go to um, smoothie King and I get a smoothie every time post rave. I'm like, I, I get like excited. Like Sunday night comes and I'm like, I am getting a smoothie tomorrow. I get so excited <laughs> about it. And they are, Oh, the fruit and everything is just so good. So good. I also like get like sort of along the same lines. A milkshake is, is always good. If oh, my, yeah. if my stomach can handle it. Yeah, that's a good sometimes they can't. Milkshakes are I understand that. They're milkshakes are great, but they are sometimes too too heavy. Um smoothies are usually like my during festival meal. Like I like I said with the heat, like it makes it for some reason, like it just suppresses my appetite. So I'll it's smoothies are they can be nutritious, they go down really easy, they're cold, so they cool you down. So that's my like during festival meal. Yeah, I got buddies that that's their same thing. They're like, I'm going to get a smoothie. I have other people that get lemonade. Mm-hmm. Um, well, lemonade is good. I will be honest. <laughs> not a meal though. <laughs> not a meal. Not a meal. No. <laughs> and I would say if smoothie isn't a meal, I would say like you need to get some like protein powder or like something in there. It can't just be like blended fruit. Right. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little, little extra stuff in there. Um, we talked post rave. Now let's talk about the come down aspect of it. I think a lot of people always want to know what are some small things they can do. And you already touched on it a little bit mm-hmm. beforehand, but let's, let's dive in a little bit to those. So this is more oriented to people who have done something over the weekend and what are, let's say, again, we'll dive into, let's go like three things off the bat, rapid fire that they can do to, so three things that can help a come down and then we'll mm-hmm. dive into what it will dive into more what they're going to be. But what do you got? I don't want to repeat myself again. No, these are, they're, they're important. So, okay. So sleep is the number one thing. Um, like I said, a lot of the times sleep deprivation is the reason you feel like shit after mm-hmm. a festival. It's not necessarily the drugs. Um, keeping track of your dosage. Um, so let me back up a little bit. Actually, sort of related um a study just came out uh they they looked at like they basically like re-studied the people who were in the mdma trials to see if they had a come down and they concluded that they did not so there's obviously a difference between taking mdma recreationally and taking it in a clinical setting Um, but we can sort of like take some of those practices and apply them to a recreational setting. It's not going to like hundred percent get rid of your come down, but, um, it might help a little bit. Um, so, so getting back on point, um, tracking your dosage, not taking it multiple days in a row. Some people will like roll three out of three days at a festival and that you're 
you're just asking for a come down at that point. Plus like the, the two subsequent days after the first one, you, you might not even feel anything. It's kind of, you're just continuing to to deplete the serotonin in your brain Um, and you might not even have any left. Right. And most people end up taking more because of that. I can't feel it from what I took yesterday. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, exactly. So if you, if you do that, if you happen to take it like a second night and you don't feel anything, don't continue to redose because you're, you're, it's not going to make it any better. It's going to actually like make it worse in the long run. Um, but even if you're just taking it that one night, um, be careful with redosing. I, I saw, um, an article, one of the MDMA therapy, uh, you know, people who work for the study, he, he said that if you want to redose, you would take, take your, your full dose, which is usually like 0.1. And then every subsequent dose, you would like half that. Um, and you would wait like three hours in between. Um, that's, that was what I saw in this article. I don't know if it's true or if that actually helps to, he, he said it helps to, you know, prevent a come down and that, um, yeah, and that it helps. So I would say number two, keeping track of your dose. And then number three, testing your drugs <laughs> because the, the contaminants in the substance might be causing you to not feel well. Um, and then also if you're taking something that is not, you know, not MDMA then, and you're sort of like misusing it in that way, um, that can also make you feel bad. So the, I think those are like the three main things. Three things help come down. Go name them off again. Sorry. Sleep, <laughs> getting enough sleep. Um, and then keeping track of your dose, not like continually re-upping um, and then testing your drugs. Nice. Yeah. Question with this on the come down subject. I've heard of 5-HTP. I think I've talked to you about it before previously mm-hmm. on my podcast, but is there any new information on that? Is there, I know we talked about it taking, don't take it this day, right? Right after uh, wait right. a day or two and then start taking it. Um, but is it actually something that, yes, we can say that it does help a little bit. Um, kind of speak on that a little bit more. Cause I know at least in my group and friends I know they're like oh 5-HTP they're just like oh it's gonna fix it all like all right yeah I guess I don't know I have no idea (laughs) yeah but taking 5-HTP is not gonna you know be the end-all be-all cure if you are rolling three days in a row and not sleeping and not drinking enough water like it's not it's not a magic bullet (laughs) um it might help a little bit but it's not it it's not going to be enough to sort of like counteract all of those things that you're, you're doing over the weekend. Um, but it, it doesn't hurt to take it unless you take it within 24 hours after your role, you could be at an increased risk of serotonin syndrome if you take it within that 24 hours. So no harm in taking it after the 24 hours. And then I'll also say asterisk. Um, and you're not on SSRIs because that could also okay. lead to serotonin syndrome. That makes sense. Did not know that one. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Is there, or 
Oh, yeah, you just said the serotonin syndrome. Um, I also heard, and I don't know if you've heard this or I saw it on TikTok, so probably could not be true, but um, taking it with green tea is supposed to get it better in your system. Is that something you've heard of or know of? It's okay if you don't, because like I said, I saw it on TikTok. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about it in that context. I have heard people recommend green tea after taking ketamine um, because their ketamine can cause bladder issues. And I guess green tea helps with that in some way. It helps alleviate some of those bladder issues. Um, but I haven't, I haven't heard of taking or using green tea to help with like increasing the efficacy of 5-HTP. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's also very interesting with ketamine. I had never heard that mm-hmm. either. Um, oh, okay. So let's see. Um, the only other questions I have is where, where do you see your page going and what are some of the things you want to accomplish in the upcoming year? Big kind of question, heavy hitter question, but <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, I, so like I said in the beginning, like I am really passionate about harm reduction and I would like to have like a full-time career in it. Um, so if, if I could make doing TikTok a full-time career, that would be awesome. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it might. Um, but also I would love to like work for a harm reduction organization. And like, I think like doing communications for harm reduction or like a drug policy organization would be like my dream job. Um, so that's, that's definitely a goal. Um, another goal of mine, I, I want to create a better sense of community on my page. I haven't really figured out how to do that. I've been sort of like juggling the idea of making like a discord or like a Facebook community, Mm -hmm. um, something like that so that I can connect better with my followers Um, and they can connect with each other and like share resources and stuff like that. So um, that's something I've also considered. Um, So yeah, I think those are like two things that are sort of like on the horizon or like goals of mine. No, no, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome here. I like the whole idea of the community aspect and the fact that they could share things that also help one another and get everybody involved, party and safe Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And I mean, I'm, hopefully it gets big enough to where each rave group has at least one person in that community where everyone, you know, this starts to be more and more aware. Um, have you, or actually not have you, I'm sorry, but my, my last question is, is there any policies or anything in the legislature or anything that we can do to kind of get better get better laws and stuff with this? Is there something we can do, whether it's donating, whether it's, you know, I say getting actively involved, is there something that listeners could do if they want to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like I said earlier, uh, reagent or test kits in general are considered drug paraphernalia in a lot of states. So if you want to check which state, or if you want to check if your state, if they're, if they're illegal in your state, you can go to drugcheckinglaws.wordpress.com. And this is my, this website is my baby. I, it was the first website I ever made. And I like did a lot of research for it. Basically like 
lists in detail all of the drug check drug checking material laws in every single state it like separates it out by like uh possession uh and use or sale and then it also separates it out by like reagent test kits fentanyl test strips because some states are starting to legalize fentanyl test strips but not reagent test kits honestly because they don't even know what they are um so you can step number one is to go there and just even see if like things need to happen in your state and then you can work on like coalition building um i would recommend like reaching out to certain like harm reduction organizations in your state if you like really want to get involved there's you know there's always a local harm reduction organization there's dance safe there's students for sensible drug policy so like any of those uh organizations would be great at sort of like getting the ball rolling on this um i created the website as part of an internship that i was doing with dan safe and they are working on an advocacy toolkit to help get test kits legalized across the country so i think you know if you if you if you're really like uh if you really want to like get the ball rolling on this you can reach out to them and they're a great resource for um who to, to sort of like connect with and like guidance on um like um lobbying and things like that um and then the other one is the rave act there is a campaign called amend the rave act i haven't really heard of anything that's happening with it lately but that's a federal law actually that was created by joe biden um so you can you can look up amend the rave act and see if there's sort of like any initiatives happening to continue to pressure them to change the law in any way right gotcha that's awesome and then also you can like um just show your support for harm reduction because i think the more that the more support for harm reduction there is in the community i think hopefully the greater chances are that some of these event producers who don't want harm reduction at their events the greater chances that they'll be more willing to have it at their events no absolutely absolutely thank you so much for sharing all of those those are very important um and i think we'll have more and more people sign up as we get your voice out there and whatnot. So thank you very, very much again for taking time out of your day to come on and talk about drug safety, as well as pros and uh, con sorry, oh my goodness, tips and tricks is what I was trying to say for <laughs> starting festivals, coming downs, all that stuff, as well as talking about the different reagent kits and everything. That's it's all very important. Hope we touched on um, we touched on a lot. There's a still yeah. more we didn't get to touch on in this uh, hour, but um, so hopefully we can have you on again. Maybe we'll talk more in depth on like fentanyl and stuff like that that's coming out because those are also just as important as what we talked about tonight but um once again thank you so much for coming on me and a greatly appreciate it and the festival tales fram appreciates it as well by the way tell them where they can follow you at as well as we'll make sure it's in the podcast description yeah i am at party safer with jess on uh instagram and tiktok awesome all right guys go check her out go follow her that's all we have for this episode peace